0: Welcome to Your Story. I'm your host, Ian Cath, and this is episode 75. Well, here we go again, another episode. And for those of you who are staying on the feed, who have still subscribed to this very regular podcast, thanks. And for those of you who happen to come along and have a listen, well, thank you very much also. I hope you enjoy. Maybe you might want to go through the back catalogue of the previous 74 episodes that we have here at Your Story. All these different people I've met over the years and sat down with them to record their lives. Some of the stories are fascinating and that's why I like to sit down with them, to pull back the veil, to find out a little bit about their lives. My life is primarily working these days. After giving it a red hot go at trying to make it work with createyourlifestory.com that's my other podcast which is very much archived now but it's still available for you to listen to if you want to find out a little bit about how to record your own audio maybe somebody you care about go and check it out still very good information there a lot of people are still listening to it it's very gratifying for that reason I'll always keep it up but I'm also occasionally coming here to yourstorypodcast.com and creating more content So if you want to go back and have a listen to some of the previous episodes, go for it. But this is episode 75, and the reason it came about is recently I was at work. Now, I'm back in the trade, back working as a pattern maker, but uh, these days it's a little bit different. I'm working at an art studio and Foundry, where we work with artists, and we produce some pretty funky art from time to time. I get to use all of my raft of skills that I've acquired over the decades, as it turns out now and recently i was asked to shoot a little bit of video as an artist put some detail engravings onto a large dugong that we had created for him and as he was doing that and as i was filming him i thought you know a little bit of audio a little bit of a conversation with him would come down quite handy in order to edit into the video and i thought well why not use that for a podcast episode so that's what this episode is all about but i also did produce the video and it's sitting also on the site at episode 75 at yourstorypodcast.com so if you want to check out a pretty funky little video of what we're talking about you can see exactly what this story is all about i don't have a lot to say I could ask you to subscribe on iTunes and uh, check out the Facebook feed and everything else but I think maybe we might just get straight into the episode and find out what it's like to live in the Torres Straits to live in that culture which is far removed from our lives here in the city and a little bit of the story of Alec I It's Friday the 13th of November and I'm at work (laughs) and it's noisy and sorry about that everybody but it's just the way it is and I've just finished work for the day and for the past few days we've had a visiting artist doing a bit of work which I thought would be interesting to talk to about and find out a bit of the skills. In the past couple of weeks my colleague and I have been carving up a a dugong out of foam and skimming it in plasticine. Uh, dugong, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, marine mammal. The way I would like to think of it, it's a cross between a, a cow, dolphin, and a seal, I suppose. And uh, in North America, for those of you in North America, it's uh, very similar to a manatee. And uh, we've got a visiting artist here at work putting some rather beautiful patterns into the plasticine layer and uh would you like to introduce yourself
1: Name is Alec Tipoti from badu Island in the Torres Strait
0: and where's the Torres Strait for those of people overseas who don't know Australia at all
1: Torres Strait is the uh, islands between the two mainlands Australia and Papua New Guinea to the north of Australia Yep
0: Yeah Torres Strait is um has got how many islands in the group There's actually about um, 200 islands in total but uh, about,
1: I think, 16 of townships. Oh, OK. That's including okay. Island, yeah.
0: What is this piece that you're doing, Alec? This particular piece is called
1: Kisai Dangal, which means a dugong swimming to the light of the moon. So, um, basically... It's uh, it's all about spirituality and spirituality yeah. and the ancestor spirit connected to the dugong itself, the dugong spiritually connected to the moon.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's why the moon's on the tail of the dugong. That's why, yes. Yes. I'll make sure on the site that there is uh, some images, both of Alec working and also the finished art piece. Once we've cast it in bronze and Joined all the pieces back together and patina it. Where is it going, Alex? So, um, the
1: first piece is actually going to an exhibition in Monaco, and um, that's March next year, March. 2016. Yeah, right. right. And um, is that
0: what sort of exhibition is it? Uh, it's, so, a, it's an exhibition
1: um, of uh, Queensland artists, oh, um, okay. mainly the Cape. It will be, it will be at the uh, Museum of Oceanographic. If that's how you pronounce it, yeah, it's to do with the marine life, and um, yeah, there's going to be obviously my uh, bronze sculpture with, uh, among other artists, from ghost nests nets to um, other um, sculptures and even two-dimensional work, I guess.
0: This piece, uh, what we shaped up over the preceding week or so, was a a dugong diving down, and though it's sort of grazing on the sea floor, and you were telling me a little bit about. Uh, the Moon and uh, some of the symbology that 's carved into it, would you like to run over some of that for those listening? listen the The
1: dugong itself is covered with traditional Torres Strait Island patterns, which is a Melanesian type um almost like a, a intricate uh, tattoo in um, uh, engravings i guess uh, or feel the 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 shape of the um, piece that 's uh, that balances the tail it's actually a spiritual figure um, it represents the Baywa, which is the um, water spout and also represent the spiritual ancestors and this is a water spout like a tornado type like water spout a tornado type like a mini tornado yeah yeah. yeah. Um, we believe uh, uh, it's a, a cultural traditional belief that um, the, our ancestors um, uh, travel through these water spouts oh yeah they okay. come down they come down uh, from the spirit world or the, 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 yeah, the other side they come down through lightning okay and they travel underwater and they come up through the water spout oh, and okay. they exp- i suppose expose themselves to us uh, the, the human beings yeah. yeah so these these are the spiritual beings
0: ah. um what does the dugong mean within the culture the dugong first
1: and foremost it's a totem it's a totem to Torres Strait Island people and secondly it is uh, a common delicacy. So we have different relationships with the mammal itself. Now, a lot of initiations for young men, uh, hunters, are uh, celebrated through the spearing of their first
0: um, dugong. Because you're allowed to hunt it, aren't yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. We're it's not. It's a totally protected species, yeah. but there is some traditional hunting. Yeah,
1: traditional, uh, traditional um, hunting has been... Um, practice for countless generations and um, obviously we have management plans in place to make sure that it is sustained and um, it is continued um, to, to, to be a part of that uh, cultural practice. And attract. you were saying the
0: other day that even the elders within the community uh, are very respectful of making sure that that's not abused.
1: Yes, yes, definitely, Yeah. Um we obviously have a management plan in place um where only a certain number or certain areas uh or certain areas are closed down for certain seasons or um yeah, basically just monitoring the catch. Apart from that it's a yeah, it's a and what does a, it taste like? <laughs> um it tastes yeah, it is I suppose it tastes like pork, uh salty pork. Um but um it's very um yeah. It's, Really hard to compare it you to Yes, and it's fatty. Very fatty. Yeah, yeah. a lot of saturated fat. Yeah, if you can imagine a slice of um, pork belly with you know meat fat, mm. meat fat, yeah, sort of layers of that. Mm. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we have different traditional ways of coos- cooking it. Yeah.
0: In ground, sort of like the New Zealand hungy. Yeah. We methodology. Yeah. Going.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. We do that as well. We call it uh, amai. Yeah.
0: Oh. Um, Which is a pit. With hot which rocks is, which and is, leaves and all that Yeah, sense. basically the yeah. same
1: thing as, yeah. hanging as a hangi as a Polynesian, um, Polynesian neighbours do.
0: If you have a look on the site, you'll actually see there's a sucker fish attached mm. to the bell. is it the belly? Yep. That's the belly, uh, of the dugong. Yep. Um, what is the sucker fish? Uh,
1: the, I, I put the, uh, we call it gapu or garp. Um I put it there um, simply because um, it reminds us of an, it's not just there because they attach themselves Selves to large, you know, sea creatures to hitch a ride or something, but it's to remind um, us of uh, traditional uh, hunting technique that would u- that was used before um, we invented the chair, the dugong or turtle spear, which is the harpoon. Um, so basically, the ancestors would catch a suckerfish, tie a rope to its tail, and let it loose in the feeding ground of the dugong or turtle, and as it attaches itself to either dugong or turtle um, we sort of um, uh, gently uh, play with the rope and, and just um, get a feel for it to, when it comes up obviously to to surface to breed yeah. then that's when the, the diver dives in and catches it
0: Right, I think it's incredibly smart to uh, use a, a, a sucker fish as a remote control bait in yes, a way That's that's exactly right yeah. Very clever You keep referring to Melanesia, Polynesia. For a lot of people, what's the cultural aspect of Torres Strait Islanders? Because here in Australia, for those of you overseas, we often, in a lot of the official documentation, uh, when we're referring to the original inhabitants of Australia, refer to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. That's how it's always phrased. It's never just Aboriginals. What is the cultural difference between Aboriginal and the Torres Strait Islander people? Well, For um, those who don't know, particularly the people overseas. Yeah, well, um, I always um,
1: use the phrase, politically we are Australians, culturally we are Papua New Guineans. We're basically Melanesian people and our lifestyle is uh, very similar, if not exactly the same, as Polynesians. Our elders, um, especially the really old ones, they see it that way that we are actually part of uh, the Melanesian group of... Uh, Islanders, I guess yeah, all the all the Pacific islands, oh, all the Pacific. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. I'd be interested to know what DNA studies may have been done to mm, identify mm. Uh, how you fit into that. It, it's prob- oh, it would be almost certainly exactly that. Has traditionally has there ever been uh, much cultural uh, mixing with the Australian mainland Aboriginal people? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean nowadays, you know, because of intermarriage. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, islanders who are, who are also Aboriginal or intermarried to, towards the, the, the other mainland in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I guess nowadays we come on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Yeah, or yeah, Strait and yeah. people. Traditionally, was there much mixture? Uh, not, not, not really, um, because we're very territorial, because we only have islands, and the only way, you know, there's a lot of history, documented history on explorers or ships that would come through, and um, the way we see it, we actually explored them. For shells, we would trade, our ancestors would trade shells and other, I guess turtle shells as well, um, and other stuff for ochre or, or, or paint or, yeah. or some pigment, yeah, from the Australian mainland. Apart from that, yeah, very territorial and, um, yeah, always warfare, because headhunting
0: was a big um, oh, seriously, p- uh, part of history. Oh, um, very much like Pop- New Guinea, in that yes, sense. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 You're also involved with the dance troupe. Yes. So tell us a bit about the dance troupe, because you showed me some photos the other day and I was... Uh, stunned at how beautiful they are but how much they were not Australian and mm-hmm. how much they looked like New Guinean yep. um, headdresses and dance wear and very similar but different again, a bit of a spin on it, um, it looks significantly different to the New Guinea stuff what's, um, what's
1: your dance troupe called? Uh, the, firstly the, the, the dance group I put together is a um, uh, Zugubal dances no, Zugubal is plural for Zugub. Now, Zugubal is a term for spiritual ancestors, uh, tall spiritual ancestors. Um, so basically, uh, we do chants and masks dance that um, obviously associated with um, spiritual stuff. Um, nothing sacred because um, there are sacred chants that we actually don't perform for the public. We've, we've, we've done a couple of international gigs, some performances in Melbourne, in Canberra, in Tasmania, Um, in Cairns in festival and and back home on Thursday Island. Um, But we we went international in 2012 for the first time. We went to Numia, New Caledonia for the One Dance Festival and that was our first international gig. And then just recently this year, 2015, in uh, June, we Performed at the British Museum in London and also the Cambridge uh, Museum of Anthropology and Archaeology. Oh, okay. And um, basically, that was basically to uh, um, acknowledge and honor the, uh, the the ancient uh, 18th, 19th century um, traditional masks from our region that are kept in these museums, and we basically uh, just show the people of London that our
0: culture is very much still alive. Yeah, right. Yep. That's excellent. Do you have a web, web presence? Yes, I do, actually. You don't know it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, um, well, I'll, I'll dig it up and I'll, um, I'll um, make sure that there's a link on the site and I'll put it in the introduction anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as a career is concerned, mm-hmm. are you an artist by career? Yeah, I've, I've been doing... I got recognised
1: for printmaking. Um, lino printing, Oh. doing traditional patterns. It's only... Um,
0: which, which this work is a variation of. Yes, yes, that's you're exactly right. right. So you're we, you're we, using wire to cut um, yeah. plasticine rather than using a, a bead and chisel to cut,
1: yeah, to cut yeah. vinyl oh. or lino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to traditional art practice because we are not actually painters, um, we are carvers. Oh. Um, so what would you carve traditionally? Tur- turtle shell? On, on turtle shell, on wood. Um, Stone? Stone, yes, yes, definitely stone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We would. Uh, our ancestors did, did charms
0: for magical, for magic stuff. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, all traditional practice, I guess. You'd have to use chisels and gouges and tools like that to work something as hard as turtle shell or um, stone. Yeah. Um.
1: I think it's stone and stone. I guess it's stone for stone carving. Oh. Okay. Um. For turtle shell, it would be um sharp uh, stones, stones right. or shells even. But obviously these days, you know, you've got the advantage of using a Dremel just to yeah. get the, you know, get traditional patterns happening. You've got family? I've, I have family, yes. yeah. I have four children, and my partner is from uh, Cook Islands. She's a Polynesian. Oh. So our children are Polynesian,
0: Melanesian. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, how did you meet her? Just oh, like.
1: met, met, met her up in Ireland. Her family lives up on the island. Um, oh, really? They came to Australia and found that a lifestyle up on uh, Horn Island was very uh, similar to the there's in, in back in the Cook Islands, back in Rarotonga, so they okay. enjoy fishing and yeah, just the island life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never
0: been up to those island groups. I don't really know what island life would be like. I've heard it's just tremendous lifestyle.
1: Yeah, very laid back. Very laid back. What do you think of coming to the Big Smoke? Oh, you know, I've done it many times before. I've sort of got, sort of got used, to it, used to it. From you know, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney yeah. to, to New York to yeah. um,
0: London. Wait, yeah. What was an education when you were growing up? Um, what did you do for that? Local schools up local there? Local school? Or did they um, ship you off to a boarding school?
1: No, I, I did most oh, all of my um, uh, high school, um, secondary in, in, in on Thursday Island, so oh, it, was, okay. it was only um, at, uh, an hour by a tinny or, or you know fifteen minutes
0: by plane. So very much just slightly different mechanism for getting to school. Than yes, that's right down yep. here, but very much the same.
1: Yep, that's exactly right.
0: What projects? Have yeah, you I was so about out? to say that. I've yeah. actually.
1: Um, um, apart from this uh, Monaco uh, international exhibition with, with other artists overseas, um, I've got a solo exhibition also coming up in Melbourne at the Linden Gallery, I think. And that's about... around about June, July. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the dates. That'll be something I'll be working hard towards,
0: um, creating new work and, yeah. Um, will will an, an edition of this piece be down there as well? I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, OK. Well, I like... Thanks for uh, telling me a little little bit about your story and uh, thanks for uh, having fun working with you. It's been a hoot. Yeah. And learning a, a fair bit about traditional culture up there in Torres Strait. Too
1: easy, no worries. Thank you. Thanks, mate.
0: There are eight million stories naked city. This has been one of them.